Welcome to the Anime Book Club. Today we are discussing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, The Stardust Crusaders, episodes five and six. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. Are you significantly menaced today? There was, there has been a, now that they captioned them, have there always been this many menacing cap, uh, little notes in there? I, I almost want to go back, but yeah, it's really great to see menacing. <laughs> it seems like at least one menace per episode. And if, if they, <laughs> yeah, if they used to be there, I just didn't notice them because I didn't know what they meant. Oh my God. It's, <clears> it's, <throat> that is, that is a part of the show I wasn't expecting to, uh, become one of my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> I'm still reaching for things in this season right now to, to really grab a hold on and really like. I know it's still, I'm still, um, I guess before we jump into these, I'm not a, the biggest fan of episode five. I have more nice things to say about episode six. Yeah. I kind of feel you there. Even then I still feel on the low side of these episodes. They haven't, they haven't wrecked me back up to, to the end of part two of battle tendency. Battle tendency. Yeah. There right now, battle tendency. Best Jojo. Our tier list is probably, um, Battle tendency, man. I don't want to do this because it's right now. It's uh, two one three. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels bad, doesn't it? It's like, oh shoot, the one everybody likes is not exactly my favorite right now. Um, I could see, I see moments of where maybe by the end of this journey, and we still have a lot to go. Yeah, there's a lot to go. It's it's gonna grow on. I'm sure. My prediction is it's gonna grow on us. We're gonna wonder why we weren't so enamored at the beginning. It's it, It'll be crazy. It'll be crazy. So uh, let's just jump into this. Episode 5, The Silver Chariot. Um, we, we come back to where we were. Uh, there's a flaming table with a clock on it. <laughs> and uh, Avdol and uh, our, our French gentlemen talk smack at each other until Avdol basically like, excuse me, sir, what is your name? <laughs> and that's the tone for the rest of this whole episode, too. <laughs> also... That's a very good point. It's, it's like, uh, this is a constant exchange of excuse me, sir. <laughs> well, good day to you too, sir. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, also, this is, I don't know. Maybe this didn't weird you out. It's the first time I noticed it. Like so, since Stardust Crusaders began, they started throwing on this uh, this like warning. At, what, what are those called at the very beginning of the episode? Oh like, yeah. Hey, this is not based on anything real. Not, None not of this in, ever happened. It's kind of weird that they throw in no real laws too. Oh, really? I had not yeah. noticed there are no real laws. Yeah, it's like, this isn't based on, like, real person, place, or laws. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> weird to have to specify. They're trying to make sure that all the physicists out there don't get too pissed off by the end of this episode. I don't know what it was. This Maybe it was just this episode in particular. I, uh, I, th that caption, a little, uh, little PSA warning at the beginning, yeah. was, showed up right when Avdol and... A uh, French man whose name I still don't remember, even though we've had it for two episodes by the time I finished watching these. Oh, you don't remember the name of Jean-Paul Polnareff? Was Jean-Paul? Yeah, but I, I call oh, him that. Polnareff, yeah. Uh, He's Polnareff, but yeah. uh, his name is Jean-Paul Polnareff. Uh, Polnareff, yeah. yeah. But he was talking, like, right when that caption showed up. for like So for, like, a whole second, I think, my mind was like, is he warning us about all this? Yeah, is this his sentence? Is he like, like there are no laws, Avdol. Like, hold on, Avdol. None of this is based on real people, uh, places, or things. This this fight we're about to have, whilst gentlemanly, is absolutely outside of the boundaries of all things. All things. Um, we then have a great moment... <laughs> Where upon getting his name, Abdul says "Merci beaucoup" and then blows up the table <laughs> clock. 
Oh, uh, that was I like that moment actually, where it was like, "Hey, wait a minute, you think you?" Because we had like a setup. It was like almost like it was uh, almost like a Frieza thing again. We're like, you know, five yeah. minutes, <laughs> and then at the very beginning of the episode, it's like, you know what? I can control that clock. Bam! Yeah. I'm the fireman here, and his response to blowing up that table is pretty great. It's pretty great. And then they have a a basically they have an argument to see which one of them is being more condescending. Just like the other big mood of this episode. Mm -hmm. um, and to counter blowing up tables, Paul Naraf then proves that uh, Silver Chariot, his stand, is super cool because he throws a bunch of coins in the air and it's able to stab the coins on his sword, but he's also able to... And I couldn't quite follow the logic of this, but he says, like, it can cut air itself and he's able to weave fire in between the coins. So Yeah, that, that seemed weird and threatening. Usually when anime says cut air, it means it can do like a Hadouken thing. Yeah, it, it was weird. I guess you get the feeling that he stabbed a coin and was able to dip back into the flame, stab a coin. Like, I don't know. Um, it seemed good enough to be impressive, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he suggests they should take this fight outside. And we get our intro theme, which is growing on me. Yeah, it's getting on me, too. It feels like, I think I already said it, it feels very Mega Man-y. Yeah. I can get behind it that way. Uh, we are now in the Tiger Balm Garden, which is a uh, a, a, a tourist location. And, of course, everyone's favorite tourist, Kekyoin, is the first time. He beats the narrator to it. He's like, ooh, this is the Tiger Balm Garden. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to put it. He's in. He's like such a vacation nerd. He's so. Like, that's like his thing, I guess. I love Kekyoin because you get the feeling that before he was hypnotized and was the menacing painter, like he's a guy who's like. Oh, if only I could travel on my own. Like, he travels with his family, but he dreams of traveling to other places and owns a whole bunch of travel books. I like Kekoin. I like him a lot. He's up on my tier list. He might be my favorite character right now. Or maybe second favorite. Second favorite to who? Uh, Joseph. Oh, it's hard not to... Yeah, it's, he's still Joseph. Yeah, he's still... He is still Joseph. I mean... The moment that he walked around a house screaming about pants, I was like, this man is crystallized. <laughs> uh, it's like, I know we're technically supposed to have shifted to Joseph and Jojo right now, but it kind of still feels like Jojo and Jotaro. Yeah, it's definitely, I'm not willing to pass the mantle yet. Um, and it definitely, especially in this episode, it's easy to forget that Jotaro is even a part of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is just like a Kakyoin. No, no, sorry. This is just an Avdol. Uh... Polnareff fight. Alnareff, I'll remember his name one day. One of these days. By the end, he'll be your favorite character. <laughs> um, and I also wrote in my notes, it's crazy because they have a long extended uh, description of the Tiger Bomb Garden. But then you, you get the feeling like, wait a minute, this place seems like an interesting like international landmark for tourists to go to. And they're going to have a fire v. sword fight in it. Yeah, as you do. As you do. It seems like a really, uh, oh my goodness. They almost well, like Kat going to break down. Go, wait, no, don't fight here. I... I kept hoping he was going to do that. Um, yeah, like every time they broke something, it was like, oh no, that was 200 years old. <laughs> or he's like, dear diary, I got to see the Tiger Bomb Garden before it was destroyed by my cohorts. Uh, but the fight begins in proper. Uh, Polnareff tells Abdal that he's going to die by his own powers. And uh, before the fight begins, Abdal tells Jotaro, of all people, to stay out of the fight. I don't think that Jotaro was going to jump in and help Abdal anyway. <laughs> wow, he really misread the room on that one. It's like, my best friend Jotaro, please stay out of this fight. Whatever you do, no matter what I say. Yeah. No matter how loud I scream. <laughs> yeah. 
No matter how many times I am stabbed, please stay out of this fight, my best friend Jotaro. May, may your noble heart, which has always been seeking to intervene. Yes, Jotaro, lover of women. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was this uh, moment? There's like somewhere really, really near the beginning. I remember one of them. I don't even remember if it was Avdol or Polnareff because they started. They're basically the same character for the rest of this episode, as far as I can tell. Oh boy, I didn't. I, none of my notes er, involve any of the dialogue in this. Like, I didn't even write any of the lines down. I just like they argued. Yeah. It's, it's literally the same. It's like stop copying me. And, and yeah. we had joked about that earlier. It's just like ha 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 ha. I have done the smart thing. Well, well you know what is smart? I am the smart one. Exactly. Like, I remember at one point, one person basically said, "Yo, dog, give me one second to brag about what I just did and explain it to you." Oh yeah, it's and we'll get there, but that's basically this whole fight. So let's yeah. we'll jump into the fight. Uh, fight time begins. Silver Chariot v uh, Magician's Red. And and I have to admit the animation does actually look cool here as uh, Silver Chariot's trying to stab Magician's Red. It has its arms crossed and it's doing like sick dodging. And I think Magician's Red actually looks really cool in motion. Oh yeah, we, we don't really just get to see him do more than just like a pop out and then flames fly, do we? Yeah, we we get to see a lot of him. And he looks really dope. Um. And then he does a couple of fire blasts with Silver Chariot knock away and knock into the landmarks, which he then uses to somehow carve a statue <laughs> of Magician's Red. But he's not carving it by stabbing it. He knocks five fireballs into a thing, and somehow those create a like picture-perfect statue of Magician's Red. Maybe he did it like really quickly. I remember his whole thing is like being Sonic the Hedgehog with a sword. That's a good point. I guess I did skip a moment where, like, inexplicably Polnareff, like, teleported across the room in the restaurant, but I feel like they're not going to reference that ever again. Yeah, we, we had a Nani moment, except it was, yeah. like, declension like, uh -huh. different. I don't understand Japanese language well enough. He, how did he get to that door? Yeah. Uh, the, we then have maybe my favorite thing that's written on a screen. Uh, Magician's Red starts to inhale, but instead of writing inhale... The word suck with like seven <laughs> U's just shows up on the screen. I gotta say, during this whole fight though, yeah. whoever gets to be the voice actor for the shrieking of Magician's Red. Yeah. That guy's gotta be having fun because he's just doing this like weird, crazy bird scream at the top of his lungs. He is bird like, it's like, all over. And the now place. my special fire attack. <laughs> my special move. Oh my god. Uh, is it like an Alan Tudyk cameo? Is that who they got for this? Yeah, they brought in Alan Tudyk to be a Pokemon. This is the most Pokemon <laughs> fight I think they've done so far. Um, but yeah, so he he does the big suck, and the big suck allows him to do crossfire hurricane, which is just a giant ah! like flame onk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which Paul Nareff effortlessly flicks back at Abdol, and it looks like Abdol's on fire. And Polnareff starts humble bragging about, like, I told you I'd light you on fire. And then Magician's Red rushes at Polnareff, who then strikes it. And it turns out that uh, Avdol threw the statue of Magician's Red at, at him. And that, for whatever reason, striking the statue lights Polnareff on fire a little bit. I think he faked it. I think that he was in control of the fire, and he wanted him to think that he had done that. Yeah. Well, it just seems like, why are you trying to kill a firebender with fire? I was never really worried for Avdol. Like, he's not immune to stabbing. I bet you he's immune to fire. I I don't think he's immune to fire. He could uh, probably burn by it. That's a good point. I, or he can control... I have no idea. Yeah, it's not his own fire, probably. I just feel like Magician's Red could suck up any fire. 
if he wanted yeah. to. Well, Magician's Red does do a lot of sucking. Hell yeah, he does. See that guy? He knows how to suck. Yeah. Uh, speaking of suck, uh, the f- battle continues with another crossfire hurricane. Uh, Avdol then proclaims that he is a fortune teller, which means he is super smart and Polnareff is dead meat. <laughs> also, I like, at some point during this fight, Polnareff like, took over the idea of being a fortune teller. It's yeah. like, let me tell you what's going to happen to your future. It's like, wait a minute. That's yeah. not the fortune teller. He's like, I, I, you took my bit, buddy. Um, and everybody thinks Paul Naraf is dead because he got hit by fire. Um, and they're all actually literally walking away. Like the team's like, guess that's over. Off we go. And then we have a th- a, a, an image that I believe saves this episode. We just killed a guy. Yeah. Looks like he's leaving for the cops. Like, <laughs> but a silver chariot, uh, explodes and Paul Naraf is shot into the air but he doesn't move or gesticulate. So he's shot up in the air. Like he's like, they don't animate him. Like he's still lying down. Even Kekoin is like, he's been, he's still lying in the air. And uh, he then floats effortlessly back to the ground. And then uh, like upside down starts like holding his hands upside down and claps and starts yelling Bravo. And everyone on the team is baffled at how this man can hover. And I like that image. Him fl- flying up there, fucking not being animated or or moving, I think is an incredible moment. The part I like next is when he starts to brag again, when he's talking about how it lifted him up. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's striking this most, like, asshole, full-of-himself pose. Well, it's um, like, and he flips. He does, like, a little spin flip to land on the ground. Yeah. And this is what you were referencing. When he lands, he's like, excuse me, please allow me to explain how my stand works. And everyone's like, I guess that's fine. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, you explained your attacks to me. And as a favor to you, because you were so honorable, that word gets overused here. Oh, God, yeah. I shall explain mine to you. And at this exact moment, my note right here is just, I miss Speedwagon. I also miss Speedwagon. Because they wouldn't be doing this. It would just be Speedwagon being all hype in the background going, he's so smart! He's so smart. He'd be like, Mr. Joestar, his armor's dropped off. He must be moving faster than ever. Watch out! (laughs) And it would be better. It would be so much better than this exchange. These two guys stopping, like, the fact that they ask the episode to pause while they go like, let me explain the obvious aspect of my stand. I mean, and, and the problem is, is like at a certain point, these are just two attack stands. There's nothing special about. I mean, they're, they're both awesome. This is a fire stand and a, and a fast moving stabby nightstand, but like, there's nothing really insane that can really happen out of this. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It doesn't feel like it's the same kind of fights we had in old JoJo. It feels more modern, I guess. Is the word? I yeah. Well, it just feels anime-ish. Yeah. It's like people are taking... Like, this might as well be like a turn-based battle in an RPG. It's like they literally are just taking turns. And, and that's what Polnareff does next. He does, a, he does a move called Lineup, and he basically has after images. So uh, Silver Chariot is so quickly, he's able to create, like, you know, uh, fake versions of himself because he's moving around so fast. They call and them the Shadow Clones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they even are called they're the Naruto. Yeah, Thank you. thanks, Naruto. Uh, the colors go crazy, fortunately, which is another neat thing. Like, well, that's uh, how so, you, that, I guess it's the it, moment you know everything goes into overdrive. And it's so cool because Magician's Red looks awesome when he's purple. Like he he's all purple and ah, it's so cool. 
And uh, we get the uh, old favorite, Red Bind is back. Though, even though it's called Red Bind, it's totally a fire whip. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, that's what he used to tie up uh, Jotaro in the first episode. Uh, he starts whipping like crazy, and at a certain point, like, Paul Naraf is like, aha, you can't figure out which one's the real one. And he just starts whipping faster, and he's like, stop whipping so fast, you idiot. <laughs> uh, and then we just get another crossfire hurricane. God, I hate I hate to sound so down on this, but it's just he he has two moves and he's like alternating between the two, and it's like very unexciting. It is. That's I guess that's why we're not feeling it yet. So far, these fights have just been kind of an exchange of something kind of boring back and forth, and then an explanation of the thing that they just did again. That's a good point. So yeah, Which, well, well, yeah. I mean, that's not it's not like that hasn't been the JoJo thing though. Like they've always been doing something and then explaining it. I think it's. I think you're right. It's the fact that the main characters are explaining it, and it's not like Kekoin and Joseph, because Joseph has piped up a couple of times, and that's funny. It's just. I think it's because it's the people talking about themselves is what makes it so uninteresting. Yeah, that's fair. Or maybe Avdol's just kind of boring. I hate to say that Avdol's boring, but Avdol's kind of boring. <laughs> he's. Yeah, he kind of is. I like his vibe, but he's not exactly doing a lot. I guess. I like his vibe with other characters, but he's definitely not not where it's at. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. The crossfire hurricane does not work, and then Abdal gets all uh, Abdal gets stabbed a, a bunch. Like Paul Marath uh, gives him a whole bunch of pokes, and then says that he has been training his stand for ten years. Um. So much like Abdal, uh, Paul Marath is not someone who had his stand away. He's he's a stand user that would have happened anyway if the show had not happened. Like a specific point was that I think you you need to train for ten more years to have caught up with me. Oh, was it that? Okay, yeah. Never mind. Gotcha. I misread that line. It's like it's it's another one of those like kind of cocky things to say. He just beat someone. It's like that was good, but you not good enough, decade. pal. Yeah. You need another decade. And Abdul's like, well, speaking of decades, allow me to pause the fight to describe my special move. And Paul Narath's like, fair, fair. Please explain. <laughs> um, and then Paul Abdal's perfect. <laughs> what, what a weird thing. He's just like, so you might have noticed that my crossfire hurricane is an onk. And Paul Narath's like, yes, yes. And he's like, well, it doesn't need to be an onk. I could, it could be any shape I want, or it could be a bunch of things. So then he fires off the crossfire hurricane, which is basically just he he does the crossfire hurricane, but it explodes into multiple directions. Um, fireball thing now yeah and uh polnareff goes to strike it backwards but what he doesn't realize is that um avdol had set up a little tunnel underneath of him during the fight and a onk explodes out of the ground and hits jean paul and lights him on fire and uh fortunately I gotta, yeah i gotta i gotta admit that this moment though almost feels like joseph like an old like an old uh battle tendency thing doesn't it Mm -hmm. Like where they, they all did their moves, they all ran around the room, and then Joseph reveals at the end of it, but actually I was setting up my trap. I was digging a hole the whole time. And and, and unlike the other times, Joseph pipes up. He's the one who expl he speed wagons the move. Yeah. It still doesn't ring the same though. Like it still doesn't feel as cool as when Joseph did it. Yeah. I just it's because Avdol you know what? Avnol never poses. You got it. Yep. If he had just struck one gosh darn pose. The power of the pose is missing. Because, boy, Polnaroff is going to strike a pose in about five minutes, and it's <laughs> life-changing. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, in in what a, a in a moment that I could call hashtag that's so Abdul, he hands Polter off a knife and says, "It'd be real sucky to burn to death. So you should just kill yourself." <laughs> oh, Abdul! Oh, Abdul! <laughs> And he starts walking away, and Paul Nareff, like, looks at the knife. Uh, number one, let me be very, very clear here to people that have not watched this anime yet. You should really watch it. But Paul Nareff is actively on fire. Like, not a small fire. Like He's, he's like a, He's like a Super Saiyan, yeah. but it's actually fire. <laughs> and yet, he's not, like, nothing else about him would make you think he's on fire. <laughs> yeah. His clothes are not burning away. He's not, his skin isn't bubbling. Not uh, even but, so much as a crackle in his voice. He's just talking no. normally. He's perfectly okay. <laughs> and, so, oh, this is a bit of a tizzy I got myself in. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui, so terrible. <laughs> so he, uh, he takes the knife and like kind of semi-motion is like, well, I could throw this at the back of Avdol. And he's like, nah, I, I guess I'll just do myself in. And he like sticks the knife underneath his chin for half a second. And then he kind of collapses on the ground. He's like, it's not gentlemanly, you know, to, to kill myself. And boy, this was such a good fight. You're so great. I guess the only thing to do is to slowly burn to death. You earned this painful death on another human being. I'll give it to you. Please take a deep whiff of my burning corpse, Avdol. You Please, gentlemen. sir. Please, sir, smell my corpse. Smell me. Smell me, Avdal. Um, but it turns out this was just a test. And upon realizing that uh, he is willing to burn to death rather than throw the knife, Avdal snaps his fingers and the fire disappears. That's nothing. And he was going to let that guy burn if he had tried. Yeah, or he would have caught the knife and been like, you yeah. made your choice. I've read your fortune and it's hell. <laughs> Or uh, or Egyptian hell. You're doomed, is... Scrooge. Yeah. And of course, he had a flesh bud. Avdol goes and checks, and he did a ill flesh bud. They gotta be like tinier than they actually look in the anime. Like little, they gotta be like tick sized. People's or hairs he, gotta he, be bigger, or of, they gotta be smaller. Yeah. He just kind of barely pulls the hair aside, and then there's this huge gushing. What are they called? Like mind bugs? Mind? I thought ticks? they were called flesh buds. In flesh my notes, bugs. I just wrote flesh bud again. That sounds right. We then have a really weird anime in a good way moment where Joseph is like wriggling and holding, putting his hand over. He goes, yes. "Oh, I hate tentacles." That, that is literally my favorite. I've heard it, that my favorite moment of that whole episode is seeing Joseph wriggle again because <laughs> it is it is straight up a battle tendency. Joseph right there reminding me he hasn't gone anywhere. He is, yeah, he is screaming about pants and he hates tentacles. And because it's so, and I got to give them credit, it's it's blocked really great because Jotaro is doing the whole flesh bud bit but because you know it's going to work. They don't dwell on it. You just see it from a side. And they just focus on Joseph like wriggling and being super uncomfortable they until Jotaro kills it. Screen. Yeah. And then we have a line that I thought was Joseph making fun of the show, but he was just being a dickhead because he like pick ups, he picks up Paul Nareff's like unconscious body goes, looks like we're all going to be buddies now. Ta-da! Which I thought was really great. He's like, oh, he cuts to the chase. And then we have the next four minutes, which don't line up to that line at all. Um... God. Yeah, how did you react to him being like, we're all going to be buddies? Wink. 
I barely even noticed it, to be honest. We oh, just, really? I moved straight into the next scene. I thought that line was just so on the nose. It's it is though. Um, and he also says "tada," which Joseph like, is the best. At that moment, it's like when you would hear the <laughs> Polnareff has joined the party, uh, even uh, though uh, the cutscene hasn't played for him yet. Yeah. Um, it is either the next day or a half hour. I don't know. Some some amount of time has passed, and they're at the docks now. Enough and, time for him to not be on fire anymore, or to brush yeah. off the, the tiny amount of char he has on him. He, he got he found like a a wet nap or whatever they had in the eighties for wet naps and cleaned himself up. Uh, they're they're gonna go get a speed wagon foundation boat because remember Matt, boats are safer than planes. Was it a speed wagon foundation? Don't dang I missed that. Well, it was they had they had arranged for there to okay. be a boat. So this was arranged through the Speedwagon Foundation, not through the Joe Star Real Estate. Totally a scam cover operation. Does JoJo even have a job? I don't understand why he said he was a real estate agent. I don't know if it's ever going to come up. Why did they show up? And one of these locations are going to hey, you know what? You need a house. He's like. Wait a minute, a house like this wouldn't have a half bath. This is obviously a stand. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Um, gosh. I, I'm excited for what I'm imagining this show is going to become. Uh, anyway, Paul Naraf is there. And um, <laughs> he basically like goes like, hey, guys, what's up? And then he's like, I have a bizarre question. And Joseph is like, a bizarre question? Bizarre, and, you say? Bizarre, you say? Hmm. And uh, full-blown Princess Bride style, Polnareff, now that he's no longer controlled by Dio, is on a quest to find a man with two right hands. Yeah. Was, a, yeah. A strong vibe from, uh, from uh, Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Yeah. He's looking for a man with two right hands that murdered his sister. Um, and Joseph, the best thing in the world is he takes Joseph's word for it. Joseph's like, yeah, I got a robot hand and, uh, I lost it 50 years ago. <laughs> well, yeah. He asked him to take the glove off. Yeah. Which I thought was the weirdest thing because if he had like two right hands, the, the gloves glove, not going to hide that. The glove's not going to hide that. <laughs> like there's no point. And they're not like, they're not giant leather gloves. They're like white tight gloves. It's like a Luke Skywalker glove. Like he's hiding a robot hand like Luke Skywalker would. Uh, but showing off his robot hand clears Joseph from suspicions. Uh, we get a, a quick, terrible flashback um, back to France. Uh, Paul Naraf's sister was killed on a rainy day in France. Uh, there was a dude who had a, a stand who somehow kept the rain from touching him. Like it's raining and the rain isn't touching this dude. Uh, he attacks his sister's friend, and then he, like, chokes out and potentially does terrible things. And ever since then, uh, they've been he's been looking for the killer because the cops never looked for this killer. Because even though there's obviously a body, they didn't believe that he can make the rain stop, and they didn't like the two right-hand thing. French cops. This thing shouldn't even matter, yeah, I guess. But there's still a body. They know there's a body. Yeah, it's like the other parts really shouldn't matter that much. Like two right hands, blah, this was an accident. <laughs> this girl tripped and broke her neck. Um, But who cares about that? Because Paul Nareff does an incredible pose. He does like the best lunge that's ever been lunged. 
He was the king of limbo, as far as I can tell. He's on the ground, but not. He, he might as well have been Spider-Man. Like, the ground may as well be a wall, and he is sideways staring yeah. directly into your soul. It is an amazing and, pose. I don't think any JoJo yet has quite met the physical feat of what he did there. God, his all of his joints are broken. He's and it's incredible. menacing. And menacing pops up when he and does it, that. Yeah, menacing pops up because he has to have a second flashback. It's great. The word menacing pops up and he goes like, I met Dio once. <laughs> and that's why menacing was there. He's like, I'm having a Dio flashback. We get a Dio flashback, which is pretty great. Dio has his... A uh, red version of Purple Hermit. I'm just going to start calling that like Red Hermit. Just that to works. keep things simple. So, because in my notes I wrote, he has red vines. And I'm like, I don't want to think of the candy. But uh, Dio uses the Red Hermit to project uh, the double right-handed man in a crystal ball to young Polnareff. And um, he's got a mean-looking bird that kind of looks like a Spiro, I think, from Pokemon on his shoulder. Yeah, a little bit. With like a heart helmet on it. It's a mean, badass. This whole thing about Dio looks so badass in this scene. He's got a wind machine. I don't know what's going on here, but he looks even more badass in this flashback than I think he has in any of the other scenes so far. He's got like flowing purple hair all of a sudden. Yeah. His hair is constantly before, flowing. Right? And it looks really cool because then, like his Polnareff's colors aren't messed up, but they're doing the weird color thing just for Dio. Yeah. They've given him a lot of charisma in this. Dio's, Dio's so awesome. And all these off the spots. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when we finally meet him and all this is a disappointment. I know, exactly. <laughs> but that um, bird looks mean. That, really, that bird looks super mean. We will never see it again, will we? I, I know. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's say that. Okay. I've just, it's been so many things they're willing to just like have a one-off and throw away that I don't know what to count on anymore. You'll see this bird again. This remember bird has man, a name. Remember the man cat? Oh, yeah. What happened to that man cat? Nothing. Nothing happened to that man cat. <laughs> uh, hashtag waiting for man cat. Um, and then Dio basically says, hey, Paul and Raph, I want to be friends. And by that, I mean, I'm a flesh bud, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does this weird thing where, like, he's flesh budding him, but he's, like, trying to be like, we're not so different, you and I, Mr. Powers. You have yeah. a dead sister. I can't go out in the sun. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're identical. Identical, you and I. Um... <laughs> And then we have maybe the biggest mental gymnastics I've ever seen from Avdol, who's like, Dio really is a master of manipulation, even though he mind controls people. Well, like they came to the conclusion, was it here or was it later, where they came to the conclusion almost immediately, like, Dio most obviously knows the two-armed man. Yep, they're like, well, he if he saw him, they have to be. They literally say that it's like, wait a minute, if he knows who he is, they must be working together now. Yeah, they came to that conclusion real hard. Like, they have no proof that that's the case, but they immediately jump in on that. I mean, anime knowledge, they're probably right, but still. Oh, in, a thousand in universe, percent. Yeah, in universe, there's no reason for them to think that. That man may as well be Jack the Ripper's great-great-grandson. He might as well be Jack. I mean, Dio knew him. I know. I'm, I'm, know? I'm Lloyd the Ripper. Good to meet you all. Um... But yeah, they, they tried they tried to double down on Dio being a master manipulator, but the, the, the dude just mind controls everybody. I don't understand why they keep needing to be like, but by the way, he doesn't need to mind control people. He just mind controls people. I don't know, Pat. For all these scenes where he's like this echoey voice and these awesome flowing hair pictures in the shadows, he's mind controlling me. I know. I'm going team Dio right now. I don't understand why he's putting in all the work if he's just... 
I mean, to me, that's the baffling thing. Like, guys putting in 11 out of 10 effort into this, and he's still just sticking flesh buds into people's foreheads. Porque no los dos. Yeah. Can't he do both, man? Yeah. He just wants to make. He wants to make absolutely sure he's got it. Yeah, I need to know that I could have convinced you, but it's much easier to flesh bud you as well. Exactly. Uh, and then play the Final Fantasy theme. Paul Nareth has officially joined the party. Ba ba da ba. And then we, we apparently what we need to know is everyone as soon as they join the party, we need to know their dynamic with uh, fangirls. Yes, exactly. Because random women show up. <laughs> Uh, and they try to hit on Joseph. He yells at them. He doesn't get to call them bitches. He doesn't do that. No. He just yells. It's so just they're our, annoying. There's no, there's no new bitch. No new bitches in this. Um, and uh, Paul Naraf gets to be a creep. He, he's like, oh, I'll take your picture. And instead of taking their picture, this is a film camera. They're not going to know till they get home. Um, camera. <laughs> he's like, like he oh, yeah, I'll take a picture of you by the sea. And instead just takes pictures of their life. Like, he's not getting to keep those pictures. No. Maybe he's not a very smart uh, French creep. I don't know. He's like, wee, 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 look at your legs. They're so beautiful. Blah, it's blah, not like, blah. Yeah, it's not even a secret. He's saying it to them. He's like, I'm going to take pictures of your legs over there. Going to put a wide shot now. I don't know if he's going to, like, take the camera with him or not. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah. And then even the team is like, I'm not, I don't really have a good, uh, a, a good read on this, yeah. on this dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this the pattern, though? When Kakyoin joined, that was the first thing that happened to him, too, was, like, judges suddenly got swarmed by fangirls, and Kakyoin was like, I am an actual gentleman. Let me show you around. Well, let me ni- let me be nice to you guys. Do you guys- Have you guys ever read the Almanac? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a copy of Traveler's Guide in my pocket. Let me turn you to page three. Can I tell you my favorite state capital? <laughs> Let me tell you the main uh, the main export of uh, this prefecture. <laughs> oh, Kakyoin, best boy. Um, and then I just wrote in my notes, they've obviously never watched an anime because this whole personality flip is super anime and it's super Jojo. Is it just me or is it... Do the When they say actual French, because Polnareff starts interjecting French here like Jojo's been interjecting English before. Yeah. It sounds even weirder than the English does. It really does. I do love that Avdol dropped a merci beaucoup. Yeah, it was, was he, was, he was being very honorable at that moment. He was super honorable. And then he blew up a table. And then he blew up a table. How did that restaurant not catch fire? And how did... Yes, he controls his fire. He, that was bad. a controlled explosion. I feel bad for that restaurant. They Who bought a pretty pay? big meal. Did they pay for it before that all happened? I think. I think they dined and dashed. I think Joseph paid for nothing. No, Joseph knew the owner. Remember, he said, "We got to go here." I know the owner. You think he was telling the truth? Maybe. I mean, he knows the owner. I don't know if the owner knows him. <laughs> Good point. Like Joseph ate there once, like fifteen years ago, and was like, "Yeah, I know that guy. We're best friends." It seems like a Joseph thing to do. <laughs> I sold him a house once. <laughs> he was on the news. <laughs> Oh, God. Joseph Joestar. Are you ready for episode six, The Dark Blue Moon? No, but let's do it anyways. Hell yeah. Uh, we get a quick previous on. Um, the only thing I'd like to mention is I really like the piano music during the previously ons. Oh, I didn't even notice it. I feel so bad. This is a pretty good piano uh, 
tunes in there. Oh yeah, it's kind of uh, jazzy, bit a uh, bit of scat. And I will admit, actually, quick thing before we jump into this, I really uh, walk like an Egyptian is really worming its way into my soul. <laughs> I do like hearing it, but I am still being reminded every time that we're going to it. We don't have a roundabout yet because we don't have a roundabout. I bet they someone's were... done a fan edit. <laughs> I mean, they probably have to have because we don't have like the, the the intro, like the long intro. Yeah. Term. I don't know what we call that when the intro starts, like five mm-hmm. minutes before the episode's over. I guess it'd be really weird if Roundabout started playing while Paul Narf was just being a pervert taking photos. But it would be okay if Walk Like Egyptian played during that time. Hey, I was chuckling my head off at way, oh, way, oh. <laughs> I thought that stuff was hilarious. But anyway, episode six, The Dark Blue Moon. Uh, we are quickly reminded that even though they've got all these money and resources, the Speedwagon Foundation doctors can't save Holly. The curse is too strong. And that the team has decided to exclusively use boats instead of airplanes because I don't know whatever. I I don't see how boats are safer. It's crude too, so it's not like they're alone. Yeah. They didn't even avoid that problem as it will become evident very soon. Well, I guess Joseph looks right into the camera and goes, sailors aren't civilians. (laughs) He does. That seems to be the logic of the show. Uh, they need to be traveling from Hong Kong to Singapore. It's going to be a three-day sh- uh, trip by boat. Uh, Joseph has switched to an awesome sailor outfit. <laughs> this is the power of the old JoJo's. Heck yeah, he's got like a, it's like red and white stripes. It's funny because he's got like the guest outfit on because all the sailors have blue and white stripes and he's got red and white stripes. He's got to distinguish himself. He's the main character, man. And it's great because he then uh, complains to, to Jotaro and Kekyoid who are sitting there in their school uniforms. Like, why are you in your school? It's so hot. Why are you in your school uniforms? I didn't even recognize them as school uniforms until he said that. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, but it's like he's pointing out the contrast between old Jojo and new Jojo right now. Where old Jojo didn't mind throwing in a new wardrobe change like every three episodes for someone. Yeah. He's like, hey, I got to stretch our budget out a little bit more for me, man. This outfit is staying. <laughs> I was about to say, is, like a, is this like a Rocky on the side going, nah, I don't feel like coming up with new designs for the same characters. He's really proud of the chains. <laughs> um, and uh, the best response is that Kat Kong goes like, well, we are students. Which <laughs> is such a great, you, which I'm so glad because Joseph like hears that and goes like, well, you're boring. You're boring. Yeah, you've probably never seen this one YouTube video. It was an Animal Crossing thing. It was... I forget what it was called, but like the mayor is like, someone's like, they're all acting like animals. And Isabel responds, they are animals, sir. Yeah. Uh, and I had that exact same vibe when he said that. <laughs> but we are students. We should be dressed <laughs> like students. Uh, uh, I'm still on Joseph's side. It's still Joseph's. Well, I love that his response was like, you're boring. Yeah. You're boring. Get it on the fashion. And, but he, he's not going to win that fight. Because he's going to turn and look at Abdal and Polnareff who are still in their normal clothes. Oh, how great would it have been if Polnareff was dressed like a pirate? <laughs> oh, I would have been behind it, too, with a big feathery hat. A big feathery hat, just like, ah, uh-huh, this is the French way to be on a boat. <laughs> I got to look up the dub and see if Polnareff is super French. I think that'd be hilarious. There's no way. I know. Okay, maybe there's a way. I don't, I can't guarantee that because I haven't listened to any of the dubs. I don't know how we... bad they are. Oh, man. We had a lot of accents in the other ones. It's um... an old era, so I can't. It's entirely possible it's terrible voice acting. Exactly. 
Well, I mean, remember, this is all from a couple years ago, like five, six years ago. Maybe oh, seven. this is? Yeah, this anime is from like 2014, I think. That's sooner than I thought. I'm just I'm yeah. always going up the manga dates. Oh, yeah. It, it took them that long. The 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. JoJo, they, they tried to make this show a bunch and it kept failing. Wow. It's like JoJo has waited to be popular. Anyway, it's 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 real crazy. JoJo got popular and they finally made an anime. Um. Oh, yeah. We have in my notes, and I don't know if you wrote the same note, we have a new Poco. <laughs> Oh, you went for Poco, huh? Oh, who'd you go for? Smokey. Oh, I got a man. strong Smokey vibe when they showed up. Oh, this is so funny. I love that we went for different kids. Still felt like Smokey at the end of the episode to me, too. That's great. But yeah, uh, so there's a, a, a brat, so to speak. I forgot who's about yelling... Poco. Forgot oh, you forgot existed. about Poco? Remember that scene? Where Poco's dad is just yelling at Poco and all those giant <laughs> muscle men are waiting outside, not oh, vouching for him. Yes. I love part one of JoJo, man. It's the greatest. It's the most <laughs> heart true thing I've ever seen. Like any one of them could be like, excuse me, sir. There are monsters all around. Your daughter is in danger. No, they just let Poco get yelled at. <laughs> stupid kid <laughs> they were all englishmen it's not their place to intercede it's it, it's a father's job to yell at their child well they're out there and speedwagon's like hey look fellas i got me a hammer <laughs> check out me hammer it's a great hammer it's a great bloody hammer um <laughs> god but yes yeah, you think you saw Smokey? i saw poco um but yeah, there's a kid, uh, there's a there's a scene where like one of the sailors is like, ah, oh, this stowaway, and it's weird. He's like tugging at the at the kid's face, and then the kid bites him. Uh, and then he's like, I'm gonna have to call the cops. And the kid's like, No, man, I just want to go see my dad. My dad's in Singapore, and this is a great and then the kid just jumps into the ocean. I'm gonna call the sea cops on you. I'm gonna call them sea cops. Get in here, sea cop. Uh, the moment the kid jumps into the ocean. <laughs> It, they're all reminded that there are sharks. This is the shark-infested area, and sharks uh, start going after the kid. We get peril, and uh, we get a big fake-out because everyone's reacting like, oh, no, and Jotaro's just sitting there being like, I don't care. Well, it's like I before, care the, less. before the shark showed up, everyone's like, well, should we do something about the kid in the water? And Jotaro was uh, having to tell him, well, like, look, they probably jumped into the water because they're a good, good swimmer. Whatever, let me sleep. Yeah, I'm I'm taking a nap over here. I am I'm the distant JoJo. That's how I'm cool. I'm so unaffected by this. Um, but he shows his inner Joe Star in this. Uh because right before the shark is able to kill the girl, um I don't know the, it's a girl. What do you mean? What girl? I mean the the child. Yeah, the child. The child. The child's of the water. Before that shark that shark kills Grogu. Uh, <laughs> uh star platinum shows up which in my note i wrote wait a minute isn't that supposed to be a short range stand and then the camera pans over and jotaro is in the water with the child which i boy he's quick i guess uh and the and the shark has been completely killed by that punch i can't tell if um this is animated poorly or what's happening but it totally looks like jotaro is standing <laughs> No, yeah, you're right. You're right. It looked like he wasn't even bobbing in the water. Like he's not bobbing. Uh, the child is not bobbing. I uh, we... assumed his stand was holding him or something. Like maybe Jetro can't swim. 
<laughs> you mean Star Platinum's under the water holding up? He's like, oh, hey. Yeah. He, he saw the thing that Polnareff did, and he's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Star Platinum's <laughs> under there, like, holding him by the feet, hold him up. It's like when Joseph came up with the clackers. He had to do some one-upmanship here. Yeah, he's, he's like, like come on. up with a cool way of being held? I can have a neat moment. Uh, Joe Turo accidentally touches the, uh, the, 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 the kid's chest, and, they, and he realizes that it's actually a girl. <laughs> And uh, the girl tries to slap him, but he's able to stop it. And they they bicker slightly. And then I wrote in my note, are they going to get married? (laughs) (laughs) Here's a creepy thing that needs to be addressed. How old is she supposed to be? I can't tell if she's just a short woman. Because that's kind of what Jodo Jodo says right there. It's like, not only are you a girl, you're a a runt at that. Yeah. Does he mean runt by age? Or does he mean... Um, yeah, she's she was mistaken like, for as yeah she was mistaken as a young boy before she jumped in the water, like that was the whole thing that was supposed to be going on until apparently she had long hair and then you somehow that means you know she's a girl. Yeah, well, I mean, he touched her chest. That so too. That's the... So she's got to be old enough that that means something. But you she would hope you would think she doesn't look it though. She looks like she's just a kid. She still looks like a kid. Yeah, I don't. I've. I've... I really wish, like, um, like she dropped her driver's license or something, or there's something yeah. you could feel better about this. Is at a certain point, like, I'm also just like, I don't know how to read this character. Like, what's going on right now? Like, what's their whole deal? Um, I just wish I understood better. Really, really wish I understood better. Yeah. Uh, ba 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 I'm just gonna go on the JoJo wiki real quick and see if they list an age. They don't. They don't. That's great. They don't. So uh, well, that tells me this character's not sticking around for very long either. I really uh, yeah. I re- I really don't see an age on this. Uh, I will say in the manga panels, the character does look a little bit older. That helps. But you know, whatever. We're dwelling way too much on this. I just want like because anytime a JoJo, every time a main JoJo bickers with a lady, they end up getting married. So that's my <laughs> only thought I have on this entire thing. You're also not wrong. Uh, the shark then explodes, and there's a sea monster or something. Oh, then it was uh, censored too. The black sensor you were talking about, everything is kind of shadowed out. I couldn't see the monster at first because everything was shadowed out. Like there was too much shark gore. So weird that they started doing this. It was, yeah, it was really, it was really bizarre to see that. Um, I don't know. The censorship really kind of gets in the way at a couple of points in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and then the, uh, Jotaro tries to swim back with the girl, and they're trying to go towards one of those lifesavers. Um, but then it's like, it looks like they're not going to make it. So then uh, Kekuin, best boy, summons Herophant Green to basically be a lasso. All that he's really good for these days. He basically acts like a lasso and yanks them and pulls them back onto the boat. <laughs> and uh, they all completely uh, jump to the idea that, well, I guess, I guess accurately so, because monsters no longer exist. We're not in a world with monsters. That must be a seafaring stand. It means there must be a seafaring stand user on the boat. Yeah, the logic leaps come uh, pretty fast and hard in this episode. It's like that's a there's only one place that could. Be. They're oh. like, there's not a submarine or another boat right. they haven't seen. They I'm, have to be on the boat. I'm kind of in love with the next like five minutes of this episode where everyone is an idiot for a minute. Oh, dude, you have no idea how much <laughs> I love great. all of this. All <laughs> of this. So. 
uh, they're like, it's got to be somebody. And then they all immediately eyeball the girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, maybe it's the girl. She's probably an enemy stand user. And then she's like, what's a stand? She's like, I don't know what a stand is, but you know what I do know? I have a knife. <laughs> and she yeah. pulls out a switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it like starts stabbing at the air and they're like well okay, yeah. maybe we should just throw her back in the ocean <laughs> and she starts stabbing at them again and like goddamn genius Avdol looks at her and goes like hey how's Dio doing like that's an accurate test and she goes what's a Dio <laughs> she's like what's a Dio and starts like making stab motions again at them it's like this is weird I don't know what's going on and, and then she goes like, like that proof. she's like you guys got two options you want to talk or get stabbed <laughs> and uh she is the absolute best um and while she's stabbing the air a giant dude shows up and grabs her and it's the captain of the boat and he's super scary looking and it's like i don't know how else to describe this but if you don't immediately think he's the enemy stand user, then you're just you're, oh yeah, something's wrong with you. There's no way. <laughs> it's it is it is bananas. It is bananas. How he's got evil. almost like he's got like almost like a like he's from guts. Someone's got like a guts villain face. Yes, he looks so much like a berserk. He like he wandered out of berserk. Like he's like yeah. all right. It's like hey mom, you wouldn't believe it. I got a I got a, a side gig on JoJo in between filming seasons of Berserk, and she's like, oh, that's so great, sweetie. <laughs> but he definitely he is definitely uh, a Berserk character. And then we get some more great unnecessary censorship because Jotaro is smoking, and because they're censoring him, it looks like he's just somehow carrying like a shadow, <laughs> like he's smoking in the darkness but in the middle of a bright day. He's smoking. This is weird to, to censor it like that. <laughs> And it's a plot point too, which is hilarious. Yeah. So they're trying to smoke like, oh, he's maybe um maybe he's like <laughs> maybe he's like, oh, a minor can't smoke in an anime or something or no, whatever it is. They say smoking. It's not like, hey, no eating jelly donuts on my ship, sir. Yeah. Um. Oh God, that would have been really funny. But yeah, so the captain, Mister Blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. Like, uh, says they're going to take care of that girl, then walks over to Jotaro and, like, super fast takes his cigarette. And he's like, No, smoking on my boat. What were you going to do with the cigarette butt and all the ash? And he puts out the cigarette on Jotaro's crazy hat, hair hat thing. And then I think puts the, like, uh, the, the, what's remains of the cigarette into Jotaro's coat, into Jotaro's coat pocket. And everyone, like, kind of freaks out. They're like, Oh, what is he doing? And uh, yeah, that that's it's quite a moment, but the the best follow up ever happens because Jojo calls him or Jotaro basically calls him a prick, and everyone's like, "Hey, don't be mean to the captain." And he's like, "That guy's no captain; he's the stand user." Well, this has got to be like the first time Jotaro's called out someone for being an asshole and actually been on the right side of that. This is a rare moment where yeah, he's completely yeah. in the right. Well, I, I I don't know if we could look different on this scene with the knowledge we're going to have in a minute or two. That's true. But <laughs> he was like, he was still, the captain was still an asshole before we know what we we're about to bullshit. We already knew that at the time. Anyways, they just didn't. Yeah. They didn't it even is... believe Jojo. They didn't believe him. It It is, it is real crazy. And, well, I uh, once yeah. they defend him too. 
oh yeah, they're like, he's a captain. It's like, this man was vetted by the Speedwagon Foundation. Everyone on this boat was, Jojo. Are you talking like, ill of the Speedwagon Foundation? Well, Joseph even asked like the captain to his face, hey, captain, you vetted everyone, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, of course I did. Waka waka fa 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 fa. Um, and then the, the captain looks at them and goes like, I don't even know what a stand is. What is a stand? Oh, yeah. And then the greatest line that's ever been written, Joseph is like, what are you talking about? Captain Dragon is completely trustworthy. Yeah. And his name is Captain Dragon. It was Captain Dragon. Well, he's a fake Captain Dragon, as, you, as he definitely is by now. Totally Captain Dragon. Um, well, but yeah, Ab you're right. And then Abdul's like, there's a 0% chance that this man is a fake. Oh, man. Abdul just had to put his <laughs> fucking neck on the line. It's like, no, Abdul. It's, it's like 110%. Yeah, Abdul obviously not reading the room correctly. Um, <laughs> saying that 0% thing, just, oh my goodness, what a doofus. Um, <laughs> and then Jotaro, I even wrote before the scene finished, I'm like, this just seems like some bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jotaro goes like, the reason I was smoking is that even inhaling a small amount of cigarette smoke causes stand users to have the veins on their nose pop. And then everyone, except Knife Girl, then touches their nose and goes, what? And uh, and then Paul Neraf's like, Jojo, that can't be right. Is it right? And he's like, no, I made that up. But I did find the dumbass, and Captain Dragon has his finger on his nose. And then he has a good old old-school-style Jojo freakout where he's like, oh, no! Yeah, I would miss that. It was this is this is the Jojo that I've been needing, and it immediately transitions from him freaking out into a menacing, and his eyes like roll up, and he's like, "God, full nutso." And there's no reason for it. It's not like he's invoking a stand or anything. That's just what he does. It's a human being. He just rolls his eyes all the way up through his head. He's like, <laughs> it's a it's, berserk thing. It's it's he he totally is a creepy berserk man. And it's so good. It's so good. Um, and then Joseph is like, man, grandson, you're so clever. How did you know Captain Dragon was the traitor? And Joe sort of looks at him and goes like, I was going to try that trek on everybody on the boat till I found one. And the best part is, I don't even think he thought the trick was going to work the way that it did. It works so well and so immediately. Like, Jotaro is probably even a little taken aback by it. Well, it's like, I don't think he even thought that. I, I feel like it's a dumb, it's, on the surface, it's still dumb. Because I think even if you weren't, if you didn't know what a stand user was, you'd still probably reach for your nose. That's not proof of shit. It's, yeah, what the, he rea it's how he acted after that. It was like, well, I guess I found out who the idiot is. And then the guy calls himself on it. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you guess you did catch me, Jojo. Cards are on the table, Jojo. And that's when it worked. I think that is when it worked. Before that, it was nothing. It's it's so goofy. It's so gosh darn goofy. Sorry, I'm still geeking out here over the awesome outfit change that Joseph's giving us. Yeah, I love that outfit. It's he so comes good. From, he comes from better times. He's 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 a better man. He's a better man. Um we then have like an exchange where it's like, Oh, you guys will sleep with the fishes the fishes, and then Joe Tro looks at him and goes like, You're gonna sleep at the bottom of hell. <laughs> you know, I guess he's growing on me with that line. That was good. <laughs> um and then we see his uh his stand appears it's like a merman stand it's grabbed the girl and uh 
it, the 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 merman stand which is called dark blue moon has knife girl and um we never got a name for her did we yeah it's still knife girl huh we, we don't know her name i'm gonna yeah. just call her knife girl works um <laughs> uh captain dragon is ready for there to be fight time and uh, he says that he's going to toss the... He's like, ah, this hostage gives me all the leverage. And Jotaro's like, you obviously don't know me. I don't care about hostages. Even though you watched me care about hostages earlier with the sharks. And uh, they have this whole debate about, like, I hear your star platinum's pretty fast. But you know what? Dark Blue Moon's even faster in the water, man. Um, And then we have, like, the craziest... I'm so glad it doesn't actually... I don't know. I, I am of two minds about what happens because then he jumps off the boat. Star Platinum speeds forward super quickly, beats the shit out of Dark Blue Moon, saves the girl, and like the cap Captain Dragon like lands up in the ocean. It looks like he's like floating away to go die. <laughs> so here's the thing: who's got yeah. the, who, who's whose stand is about speed right now? It, Star Platinum. Oh wait, shoot! You're right. That's supposed yeah. to be Silver Chariot's deal this too. This is bugging me so much right now. It's it's a weird dynamic to have. Was like, well, I'm the fast. My my guy's thing is speed, and then we have another guy whose thing is also speed. It's like Birder from uh, Dragon Ball Z. I'm the fastest <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Poor poor Paul Naraf is the Birder of JoJo. Oh. Uh, before he jumped in the water, too, he started... Here's the thing. For the rest of this episode, fake yeah. Dragon Captain, which is he will be named in the in the credits in the uh, in the um the card between... Yeah. Between uh, commercials. Mm -hmm. He gets named as fake Captain Dragon. His, he's going to keep doing this for the rest of the episode where he starts stealing Joseph's bit. Oh, that makes me so angry. Tendency. So you notice this, too. Like, it's really there. It's really there, and it's like, what a villain thing to do. And it's like, is why? Is, yeah, mm. the rest of the episode is going to be, I know what you're thinking, jo uh, Jojo. Or I know what you're going to say next, Jojo. Like, he straight up pulls that out. It's like, you're what not Joseph. Jerk. Even Joseph's not. a jerk. Even Joseph what is a, a jerk. Yeah. Even Joseph's not Joseph anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a terrible way. What a, oh, what a world we live in where he's not, where he's not the, uh, nobody's themselves anymore. No. Oh, oh, but yeah, so, uh, obviously the attack didn't work. <laughs> it looks like it worked. It looked really crazy. Um, but, oh yeah, wait a minute. I want to make a quick note about this. Um, Jotaro is so underwhelmed by this fight, um, that he outsources his smack talk to Avdol and, and uh, Paul Narath. You're right. It's a good way to think about that. He's like, hey, can either of you talk mess about this dude? <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we cut to the commercial break and we come back. Jotaro is having a boatload of trouble uh, pulling the girl up on the boat. And it's revealed that like, um... <laughs> and yet again, this is another chance of Kekoin like yelling before the narrator knows it. He's like, those are acorn barnacles. And uh, Acorn Barnacles are uh, pulling Star Platinum and Jotaro and Knife Girl into the ocean. I love the best boy Kakyoin also knows about barnacles. Of course he does. He's such a nerd. I love this guy. He's the he's the best little nerd. He's, he's the like, bestest little nerd. He's like this heart of gold nerdy guy. I like him. 
Uh, so uh, <laughs> it, it is it is uh, it's quite the moment. Fight time is still on. Jotaro falls off the boat and he tosses Knife Girl up into the air so that Herophant Green can catch her and pull her back onto the boat. Yeah, I'm so uh, glad he, that none of them tried to help him before that. Yeah, like at, at no moment it's like all these people with the giant like Joseph has got big bursting old man muscles. He could probably pull Jotaro back onto the boat. They all have stands that could reach out. Yeah, I bet you could use like why doesn't Polnareff chip off all the barnacles with his sword? Super speed and precision. He's got that. Wee oui, wee, oui, I am the fastest. <laughs> We get another moment where I think the animation isn't that great. Uh, Jotaro sinks to the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> but he's like he's 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 not moving as he sinks, which yeah. maybe you could blame on the barnacles. He's just kind of standing in the water. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, he sinks to the bottom. Uh, we then have Captain Dragon, who I I I can't tell if they're talking psychically with each other or not, yes. or no, this, if this bugs the crap out of me. Because here's the thing: like, how are they talking with each other? at all right now because they're both clearly just having this discussion underwater mr uh fakes the fake uh captain dragon is yeah. moving his mouth as he is talking his stand is doing nothing mm -hmm. but it was super neat because when jojo responds to him star platinum talks and not jojo it's i love that notice that yeah, it was inc it's inconsistent, but it was awesome. It was neat to see his voice come out of Star Platinum. Like, that's a neat idea of how they'd be able to talk underwater. But why doesn't the captain do that? Yeah. Like, what's going on there? Oh, this is so funny. I wrote in my notes, they have a conversation. They taunt each other back and forth. Jotaro has a good comeback. I didn't write what the comeback was, but <laughs> apparently Jotaro, Jotaro says something kind of cool while he's underwater oh wait he's like yeah what kind of dish should i prepare your stand as he's like i'm gonna kill you and cook your fish stand you're gonna be a sashimi for me that's the uh, one that really pissed him off too is being called sashimi he's like you're not even gonna cook it you're just gonna serve it raw <laughs> um he then has like a thing where he's like hey man your lungs are probably normal people lungs i could hold my breath for like six and a half minutes man you're gonna drown down here that raises, that raises another question. How are they both down there right now, so calm, holding their breath for this long and talking at the same time? This is definitely one of those anime time things. Because it's like, how much of that time is already coming around? Yeah. Like, I understand. Okay, JoJo's holding his breath and letting his stand do the talking, right? Yeah. But the guy who can hold his breath for like three minutes is not. Like, he's using air. Yeah, it's... It's it's really crazy. I don't know. All this doesn't make a lot of sense because he like he doesn't even taunt it because instead of just letting the barnacles cover up Jotaro and just like drowning him like that, he then uses his stand to create like a whirlpool and the team like looks and like, oh my god, there's a whirlpool. And they try to jump in like at the team's like, go team, go. And they realize that like the scales of the enemy stand has formed like a whole bunch of like sharp things. So you can't jump in the water. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, Jotaro's gone limp. They make a big deal of that. He's be he's spun around yeah. in a whirlpool. He's gone limp. <laughs> and fake Captain Dragon is still trying to be Joseph during this moment. He's still I know what you're thinking on. right now, yeah, Jotaro. I know what you're going to get. I'm going to guess what you're thinking next. How long can I hold my breath? How yeah. long can I hold my breath? In a whirlpool, only one spot stays still. <laughs> it's it's stupid. And it bugged me because you're telling me he's stealing... He, he's stealing all of it, and Avdol thinks that Jotaro's screwed, like his morale breaks. Um, but I guess he should have uh, read the script because Star Platinum does what he will 
and unveils his new move, Starfinger. Well, that was a great point, too. Everyone there is freaking the fuck out. And we go over to Joseph. who's like, wait, he's limp? Not, not struggling even a little bit? Yeah. Huh. He's like, that must be a good thing. Yeah, that's probably not that bad. Yeah. I know how Joe. I know how the Joe Star bloodline works, my friends. As long as he's not panicking, he's probably winning. This is probably the most panicked Joe Star we've ever seen. <laughs> it's like uh, Joseph never freaked out, and Jotaro was never freaked out. But Joseph, actually, Jonathan never freaked out. Jotaro was never freaked out, but Joseph freaked out all the time. That's what made him human. I love Joseph, man. It made him a hero. He was so good. But yeah, Starfinger, it's a weird move. I I, I think Jojo's jo, um, Bizarre Adventure fans are not fans of this move. Okay, is it, is it universally hated? This is universally like, wait, what? There's actually, I think, everyone's a real dick about it because I don't know how many more times he uses Starfinger, uh-huh. but there's like a running list of times that, why didn't, Star, why didn't he use Starfinger there? Like, there's other times in the show people are like, well, if he had just used Starfinger, that would have solved this problem. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So the whole point of the Starfinger thing was that, I guess he uses, he stretches his finger Dulcim style, I guess. Yeah. And it breaks and, out of the barnacles that were eating him. Yeah, so he, he forces, like, so I thought he went limp because he's like, oh, I'll let the whirlpool carry me around and I won't waste. But it turned out he was focusing all of his energy into his fingertips and it caused them to extend and he stabs um, Dark Blue Moon in in the face and uh, Jotaro goes like I wasn't thinking about drowning I was thinking about how you're going to piss yourself when you die and pee all over the ocean <laughs> oh he's such a jackass it's yeah I, 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 I don't know I'm glad no one could hear him say that because everyone else above the water can assume he said something cool instead of that weird piss stuff he was talking about so uh, Jotaro's Jero has basically cooperated with his stand for a few days now. Yeah. How did he know he could do that? He really pulled that out of nowhere, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That felt ex- that, that, like well, the most Shonen Jump moment we've had yet. I invented a thing. Um, but yeah, so he's won. And I also noted when he got out of the water, Joseph is so proud of uh, Jotaro. And I really liked how proud he was. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice moment. Also... Like, it's my grandson. Let's never skip over the the name, the the, uh, the Starfinger man. Starfinger. What a name! <laughs> what a name! Someone someone was paid to yell Starfinger. What a goofy, weird, goofy thing. Ugh! My goodness. I mean, while the Joe Star curse happens again. Oh yeah, uh, boats be boats, and the boat just explodes. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, he must have planted bombs just in case." Did they even say that? I don't feel like we had any explanation. The bomb, the boat just started blowing up. Someone said that in the subtitles. I have no idea. It was probably Avdol. That feels like an Avdol line. He's like, "He must have planted line, yeah. bombs." Um, and then everybody jumps onto lifeboats. Speedwagon uh, would have let us know what was up. Oh no, Mr. Joestar! There are bombs on the boat! The boat the bombs must have been planted during this very specific scene. I saw these shifty men do it! Wait a minute. When the cap right before where was the captain before he picked up the girl? He must have been planting bombs. He must have known Jotaro was on to him. Exactly. Uh so the Joestar family knew. <laughs> Yet again the Joestar family finds themselves on an exploding boat. Yeah. 
but uh, fortunately, it takes it takes uh, too, there's too many JoJo's on this boat to be killed, <laughs> and they yeah. got all lifeboats and they're fine. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, they're all sitting around on lifeboats, and uh, Joseph is is trying to be fatherly to Knife Girl and gives her a canteen of water, and uh, she recur returns their kindness by doing a spit take, but it turns out. Uh, that she did a spit take because a giant boat has shown up out of nowhere and then the episode ends. There's really nothing else to say about that. That's it. Yeah, just uh, abruptly, way oh, way oh. God, we don't even get to the whale. Like, remember, there's like a tambourine buildup for this song before we get to lyrics. Yeah, but I only really remember way oh, way oh. That's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm a... I'm a I liked how weird and um, I don't. I just like this episode more than the last one. I I, I love the people overreacting. Um, I mean, S Starfinger is trash, but there's a yeah. lot to like about this episode. I, I will agree that I like this one more than the last one. We're still not at Stardust. Uh, Stardust Crusaders. We're still not at Battle Tendency levels yet, though. Yeah, like, we're just not there, but we're getting better. This episode had more interesting things going on with it. The fact that everyone was an idiot for five minutes and defending the obviously stand user captain. There is a 0% chance. <laughs> a 0% no one, chance. No one made Avdol eat those words either. They're good friends, Pat. They're good friends. I hope that that comes up randomly like 25 episodes from now. <laughs> it's like, remember that time you said there was definitely not the captain Avdol? Hey, do you think we have a it. chance of making it out of here? <laughs> uh, never going to live that one down. Uh, Mr. Joestar. Ah. <laughs> well, you know, in retrospect, I think you're right. Because Smokey never really did much. Paco had that fighting attitude that, yeah. we, that we see from Knife Girl. So she's probably more accurate. Knife Girl's great. When she's just stabbing at him, it's like, who do you guys want to talk? You want to get stabbed? Although the fact you had to look her up on the wiki and there's no age maybe thinks we're not going to be seeing her for a while. Yeah, but still, hey, you gotta you gotta savor people while they're there. Well, I just mean like I didn't see an age like that. That just means there's no line where she goes like, "I'm 18." Wink. Okay. It was my birthday yesterday before I boarded this boat. I just want to see my dad because I'm. I it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, that was weird stuff. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I will say. I don't know. It, it's not where I want it to be, but I feel like it is kind of getting better. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like the fight was a little more interesting this time around. You liked what the, the dialogue people were having with each other a bit more. I No one fucking calling Avdol on his 0% comment. Oh, you know that it's just going to continue. <laughs> I just, as long as it's just a whole, I'm like, I'm excited to watch these doofuses travel the world. And I think that that like, I'm down for watching all of these idiots just be stupid. And I'm so excited for that. That's how it feels, right? It's like a, a dysfunctional, idiotic family right now. Yeah, they're all... A bunch oh of knuckleheads. Look at these couple of cards, Pat. <laughs> Why are you guys dressed like students? Because we are students. Ah, you're boring. <laughs> couple tarot cards. Oh, yeah. Uh... I have the chariot card, which means I'm this way. I have the moon card. That's what he was. He was a blue moon. Yeah, it's like the Tower of Grey, how they, they messed it up. 
Like yeah. everyone else has these really set naming schemes, and these guys will have to add extra words. Well, Silver Chariot is backwards. He's not because his chariot came second after Silver, as opposed to oh, Star Platinum. Right. Oh man, he messed it up too. I totally didn't realize that was Silver Chariot. Yeah, it should be Chariot Silver. Well, Chariot oh. doesn't flow as well. You have to say Silver Chariot. Yeah. Oh man. Man. I, wonder that, I wonder how that order holds up in the Japanese. Like, how does that difference line up through different languages? Exactly. Jeez. Like, maybe that's just a translation thing. I guess. I have no idea. Man, it's, it, that's, that baffles me. I'm baffled. I'm a thousand percent baffled. That's fair. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I, uh, I, and I also, man, I'm excited for uh, next week's episode. I'm excited for it, too, because you spoiled at least part of that one for me. 30 years, not 30 years, like 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago. I actually went and I found my old DVDs from the original time they did. Uh, is This is the second time they've tried to make an anime. Out. They did They did one in 1993, one in 2003, or the year 2000, I think. And then they made this one in like 2015 or 2014. So you have the previous attempts. Yep. I have the previous attempts mm. where they say psychography. I meant to ask you a couple, like, just a couple questions. First of all, um, have we? We're watching anime that you haven't seen right now, still. Yeah, so I have not seen how they execute this. Is Knife Girl is not in the 1993 anime? Okay. So a lot of this, so this is still basically kind of new for you, then. Even oh yeah, just need to know. And the psychography was that a was that a fan translation thing? So that was the translation that the um, whoever did it last time did. Okay, so it was it was an official one, just not necessarily yeah. like a fan one. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I bet it's cooler to say psychography instead of spirit. I bet you're right. And it's, I think there there's so much. I I think psychography is the coolest term ever. Spirit photography just makes me think of you, Hakusho. That's fair. And I I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see more stuff happening. I'm excited to see crazier villains because I think there's crazier villain like like uh, Dark Blue Moon or whatever his name, Deep Blue, Dark Blue Moon, whatever. The the Merman was a move in the right direction. He's kind of normal though. He did You're right, right direction though. Like more than just, hey, I've got swords and you've got fire. Sword versus fire, man. I guess also it's not two heroes fighting. Yeah. I think that's maybe another thing that's like Finally, like some dude actually died. Yeah, like we needed somebody to eat shit, and I'm so glad it was fake Captain Dragon. <laughs> fake Captain Dragon is the title card names him. Yeah, uh, rest in piss, Captain Dragon. Did you watch the preview for the next episode? Uh, I yes, I don't. It, I, it didn't stick at all. I just went like, oh, is this what I remember? Oh yeah, this is it, what I remember. It is setting it up to be really creepy. Like there's a juxtaposition of seeing Knife Girl get in the shower, followed by the monkey stare. Yeah, but I feel like they're in separate rooms. But I guess, yeah. But they're juxtaposed like they're not. Yeah, he, it does look like he's watching. Like the it's monkey weird. likes to watch. I think the monkey looked cooler in the 1993 anime, though. Was that the one where he's actually wearing a captain outfit? Yes, yes, okay. a thousand percent yes. So that, that is what you showed me. That's what I remember. I feel like that maybe tips the hand a bit, though. Yeah, I get, you know what, I guess. You're, you know when you're right, you're right. I just, I just want, I just want him. I guess he's an orangutan too. I just wanted an orangutan dressed as a sea captain. Who says he doesn't get the outfit later in the episode? I'm That's looking forward point. to finding out. We're not so different, you and I. The orangutan says as he dresses like a captain. <laughs> Why aren't you dressed like a pirate there, Polnareff? 
Yes. Your sister is dead. I am an orangutan that smokes. We are the same. <laughs> you know, let Dio live one down. <laughs> just as just as Dio cannot see the sun. Someone just killed like your, your sister. Someone killed your sister. So I kill. I tried to kill my brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing his body right now. I purposely put a, put a stone mask on my face to become a vampire. I was nearly killed by a vagrant that I tested a vampire mask on. Oh, like the baddest ass person in the entire JoJo universe was almost killed by a vagrant. You're right. It's, oh, this is such a great. Imagine if like in the Dragon Ball universe, like one of their top tiers, like Broily was almost killed once by like a homeless person. It's, oh, everything is so good. It's all so very good. All righty. I, I, I think that that, do you have any other thoughts on, on this? I think we can wrap up the book club for today. <laughs> yeah, we, we can wrap up. I'm looking, <laughs> I want to see what happens next. I, I'm, I'm excited to put another chapter in the book club as we continue. I mean, and keep in mind, we have so much left. That's why it's like, there's yeah. 48 episodes. Like that's, we're not even done. the. We're not even a quarter of the way through the show. That's what I got. That's what I'm keeping in mind. Every episode is that Wow. There's going to be so much more to go through. We have so much more time to become owner of fans. Time alone is enough to make you fans of people. Exactly. Like just familiarity, man. Familiarity. Stockholm syndrome alone. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. All right. So uh, you said that one thing the other was like book out, I think. I like that. So uh, book out. (laughs) 